right, hey, we are live. This is episode one of the Squadcast. Uh, we are here in the bunker of the Rod Peterson Show down in the basement, down in the deep, dark basement here in the at the studio, and we are uh, really looking forward to this episode. This is our official launch video, launch episode, I should say. Last week, we had a fun intro show. Thanks for everyone who checked out that show, and we're back for another one with a big special guest here coming up in just a few moments. Uh, but first, Max, how you doing? Fantastic, Clark. We didn't get canceled after the intro show. Things are great. Things uh, are really yeah, good. Yeah, I don't think we did anything cancel-worthy yet. Here's hoping. Well, hey, you never know. We'll see. It's 2020. <laughs> uh, but hey, we are, like I said, we're coming at you from the uh, basement of the Rod Peterson Show bunker. I'm producer Clark. If you don't know who I am, I'm the producer of the Rod Peterson Show, and this is our official spinoff show, the Squadcast. You guys are the squad. You guys are the fanalists, so make sure you comment all night long and let us know your opinions, and we'll be talking about it as well. Uh, this is officially presented by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. They are our good friends over there. Don't rack your brain figuring out how to get everything you need for your business. Give Darnell and Roxanne a call today, and they will handle it all for you. So pretty great people over there, don't you agree? Oh, 110%. Love those guys. Uh, so Darnell and Roxanne, I'm sure you'll be tuning in tonight, so make sure you give us a shout-out in the comments as well. Uh, we're going to get into the show pretty quick here right away. So uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight... Uh, there's a lot to go over, but the MLB postseason is on the top of our minds right now. The NBA final is heating up. <laughs> See what I did there? But um, heat, Miami Heat. Good job. Uh, and we go into the NFL. We're going to be covering some Week Four topics. Monday Night Football is happening as we speak, uh, so make sure uh, to stick around for that. Plus, as I said, it's our first ever live video chat guest on the IKS Live guest feed, and that is going to be none other than 16-year Major League Baseball catcher and 1997 World Series champion with the Florida Marlins. Greg's on. Greg's on, friend of the RP show, good friend of Rod Peterson. He's joining us in just about uh, 15 to 20 minutes here, and we're going to be going deep with Greg. It's going to be a lot of fun. You looking forward to that, Max? Oh, absolutely. It's almost surreal, me just being a baseball fan growing up and actually being like, oh my goodness, we get to interview Greg Zahn tonight. It's, yeah. it's a pretty cool feeling. And he's a great dude, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, plus, Jared Dumba is here, our hockey analyst uh, from Vigor Lifestyles. He's going to be joining us to break down, honestly, the craziest week of hockey off-season stuff we may experience in our entire lives so many things all the stuff and yeah jared wrote a great feature for us a, a three-part feature hopefully you've had a chance to check it out team rp show at blogspot.com yeah. uh jared did an awesome job breaking down this first round that's going to go down tomorrow and yeah some crazy crazy things i think are about to happen uh yeah it's going to be a wild week and we are here for it i am here for it uh, and again that that uh, appearance by jared dumba is brought to you by vigor lifestyles they have uh their Elk Velvet Antler uh, supplement pills, and they are great. They're they're an adaptogen, Max. Did, an you adaptogen. Remember, yes. So we were talking yeah. to David, one of their owners, David. Uh, thanks, Kayla, for the Vigor Lifestyles logo there. Mm -hmm. um, it's an adaptogen, guys. So if you take a supplement, you typically know what you're going to get with it. Um, this is a supplement that. Uh, has so many benefits, but it adapts to what you need as a your body needs. So your body needs. It's, do you remember what did David say about that? Do you remember a couple of the kind of hot it's hot almost, buzzwords? The, the way that I understood it is it's artificial intelligence in a pill, like almost, you said, yeah. an adaptogen, right? It it adapts to your body, and at the end of the day, what can more can you ask for on yeah. a supplement? Really? So it's got a ton of benefits. Um, if you want to learn more, we're going to be talking about Jared more uh, later, so we'll we'll hear about more about that, but. Um, check it out on their website as well or their all any of their social media Pre -squad handles. Pre-squad routine. Here's a tip for you. Two elk velvet antler before every show will enhance the quality of the show by 56.3%. Okay. I'm there, gonna there's take, a stat for you. I'm going to take your word for it. Um, hey, Max, you know what? Let's get right into it, all right? We're heading into our first segment. Uh, 
Now, what we do in our first segment, for those who don't know, we kind of mentioned it last show, uh, but this is our first actual, where we're using the actual format of our show tonight. So what we're going to do in our first segment is go over three topics that we want to talk about, maybe the hot topics of the day. We're going to give you four topics to vote for. So it's over on our Twitter page, at Team RP Show. We're going to post it in the afternoon of every, of every show day. And it's going to be four topics that you can vote for that we talk about last in the segment. So we looked at it just before, and what was on the vote was Monday Night Football doubleheader. Mm-hmm. It was second place. Uh, Jay's free agency plans. Oh, I'd like to talk about a that. Distant but. third, but pretty good. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. We got lots of days for that. Well, actually, we'll talk about it with Greg Zahn a That's little true. bit. That's true. We will. Um, the one that won was C, but I'll save that. Four, or D is Clark talks about the Leafs. And I was surprised. <laughs> no votes at all. Nobody wanted to hear me talk about We've the Leafs. We've made it, what, six minutes without you saying the Leafs? Well, we're like, here now. But we're going to be talking about stuff. it in a minute. Because what won was Patrick Laine is heavily rumored. There's been some a lot of things happening in the last few days that the Philadelphia Flyers might be interested in Patrick Laine. We were going to get to that, so save your thoughts. Yeah. That is our last topic as for our... Vigor viewer fan, what are we calling it? Vigor our vigor, topic vote, our vigor fan vote, really? Because again, yeah. going back to the fanalists, it only makes sense that we yeah. have our. So we're letting you fans. be directly uh, engaged and directly um, directing where we go with the show is what I'm trying to say. But let's start with our topic number one. We're going into the Major League Baseball divisional series. Oh, now, Kayla, if you could throw up that baseball bracket, thank you. Oh, Jordan. Jordan, TVs, please. <laughs> we're going to show you a couple new graphics. We're working out the kinks. This, again, this is our first time we've used these ones. Yes. But we're going into the, we're going to put our pictures up on the screen and the picture we're trying to talk about. There it is. Look at that. So, Max, we've been diving into the baseball a little bit. T- mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit. You did some research today. You were looking at some matchups. Yeah. What's going on in Major League Baseball right now for postseason? Well, the first result we've got from the divisional series was a 10-5 victory for the Houston Astros. I don't know what everybody's feelings are about them, but either the way. garbage can kids. The garbage can kids out of Houston, you know. But anyways, they had a 10-5 victory over the Oakland A's today. I'm really hoping Oakland picks it up and really gets the result here. But as we speak right now, we've got Tampa and New York. Last I checked, 2-1 Yankees in the bottom of the third. Man, what a pitching matchup tonight. You've got Blake Snell. You've got Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had a bit of a rocky start to his $330 plus million contract with the New York Yankees, but he's really picked it up in this last month and a half with how many games the Jays had against them and how many starts he had. uh, It was hard not to notice how much Garrett Cole has really returned to being the Garrett Cole that we remember from the Houston Astros run to the World Series last season. Okay, so what else is going on then? We got in the uh, let's talk about the Rays and the Yankees a little bit the Rays beat out the Blue Jays the Yankees beat out the Cleveland Indians what are what's going on because if you look at it just from an outsider's perspective, you'd think the Yankees would be heavy favorites, but Tampa Bay is the number one seat. Well, when you look at the payroll figures, too, and here's another stat for you, $249 million is the Yankees' active payroll this season. No shocker there. And then you look at the Rays. I don't know if they're going to be doing a Moneyball 2 anytime soon, but $75 million (laughs) is what they're working with. With that roster, I mean, the math just doesn't make sense there, right? When you look at these two figures, it's really almost five times the salary going towards New York Yankees and you look at the names you've got LeMahieu you've got Voigt you've got Sanchez who had a bit of a it's rocky ridiculous. season Garrett Cole and that's without even mentioning Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge yeah. you look at the Rays on paper and again we go back to it and it seems like we just don't give them enough credit uh, they are the number one seed though and they seem to do it by committee they're a team that is just able to 
play simple, clean baseball. And I think they're going to end up with the result in five in this one. I really do. We got uh, my dad who is, goes under the alias Rod and Carey, because uh, that's my mom's name, but it's my dad. Excellent. Dodgers and Rays in the World Series. So he's picking the Dodgers in the NL. They're playing the dynamic San Diego Padres, mm-hmm. and I really like the Padres and how they are. I think they're how the Blue Jays should blueprint their team, is the Padres. They should look at the Padres, steal the whole thing, and blueprint, and just take the whole blueprint and go with it. So I really like the Padres against the Dodgers, but... It is the Dodgers. What do you have on that series? Uh, Actually, I almost wanted to defer it back to you, Clark. You seem to have a a penchant, rather, for an (laughs) article that you wrote a little bit earlier in our relationship here uh, about Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, What what can you talk about him that's maybe going to be the the tipping point for the Padres versus a possibly favored Dodgers team here? Well, he's that guy that just gets you that momentum. And he makes the big play. He has that that flash about him. And every time he does something, everyone's watching. Everyone's... Mm -hmm. Everyone's got their eye on Fernando. What is Fernando going to do next? Possibly the greatest bat flip since our man Jose Bautista. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. That that picture was... I I like the Padres to upset, especially because I saw something that Mike Clevenger is coming back. Yeah. And he could just make a late appearance in this series. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. To and me, that was my note, I guess. And sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. That was my note is their front end of the rotation was maybe going to be the unfortunate part where they weren't able to keep up. So if they're able to get their starters back, I believe they had one other name on there. Help us out, fanless. I forget their second name in the rotation. But yeah. Somebody from the Padres. Somebody from the Padres coming back. But yeah, that acquisition of Mike Clevenger at the deadline, they really loaded yeah. up. And like you said, it's a blueprint to follow if you're a fan I think of the so. team north of the border here. And then the final series was the Braves. Braves and the Marlins, is that yeah. correct? And that's kind of a wild card for me. Uh, I think the Braves are looking strong, but the Marlins, did you know this? This is interesting. <laughs> did you see this? Nick, I did. I, I think was, it was literally about to say it. I think it was, was our boy Nick Alberga. I think so. Nick Alberga, uh, we'll talk about later, but he's going to be our next guest on the uh, on next episode of the Squadcast. We're mm-hmm. going to... We're going to talk a lot of hockey, but now we might, might have to talk baseball with him too. Right. But um, he said the Marlins have never lost a playoff series in franchise history. Right. So they were in it in 1997, and we'll talk to Greg Zahn about that. He was on that team. Mm-hmm. They got all the way to the end, and they won it. Mm-hmm. And then they won it... 2003. 2003. Josh Beckett, Dontrell Willis. Crazy series oh. against the Yankees. I remember that vividly. And then this year, they won their first series. So they've never lost a series, and they've never made the playoffs any other year. It's kind of hard to bet against them with that, right? They're two for two. We'll talk to Greg <laughs> a little bit about that. I'm actually curious if he already has to say. It'll be interesting, because I know... The other thing I know about Greg Zahn, he's been on the Rod Peterson show a couple times... He doesn't like this season, this whole season. He's not a fan. So I'm curious to see what he has to say tonight. It'll be interesting. Now, uh, let's move on to our next topic. Um, You know what I forgot to do, and I'm going to do it right now, is put up the poll question. Who is your World Series favorite? So we're putting that up right now. It's going to be a quick vote. So get it in right away. As soon as you see it, hit your vote. We'll get you the results right away. And then we're going to move on to the NBA final. Now, the NBA Finals is interesting because this year has been weird. Again, but the bubble, everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weirdest part is that the Miami Heat got to the final, and I did not expect that to happen. Uh, the Lakers are the other team. Obviously, they were up 2 nothing before last night. The Miami Heat stole game three after losing the first two games. It's 2-1 now for the Lakers. LeBron James had a big game stats-wise, but I'll get to a, a second. And Brian Snow, if you're watching... You might be. I want to hear your thoughts on LeBron's Brian performance last night. Brian loves LeBron, doesn't he? Uh, Is, isn't that his favorite player in the league? Ooh, so he has an interesting relationship with LeBron. <laughs> but LeBron James had 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. A typical LeBron standard, James night. Yeah. Uh, but Miami star Jimmy Butler one-upped him. Jimmy or two-upped him. With 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. Max, 
after last night's game, do the Heat have a chance? I think so. I, at the end of the day, when you look at it, right, it's it's just like anything in sports. You need your depth guys to step up and, and insulate your stars a little bit here, right? Jimmy is not enough, frankly, going up against AD and LeBron. It's it's just not enough to do it. So you're going to need guys like Tyler Hero to step up. Yep. You're going to need him to be your hero, baby. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Nice. Uh, I know, right? Do you I'm, watch Cobra Kai? No, I really need to, though. I'm on the boys. So right I don't now. have the picture. I should have got the picture, but mm-hmm. I saw somebody else. And honestly, it might have been Nick Alberga. Um, he's just <laughs> We're crazy have to start fire him on, for all these Yeah, sources, he's fire right? on Twitter. But <laughs> somebody posted a picture side-by-side of Hawk from Cobra Kai mm-hmm. and Tyler Hero, and they're, like, identical. So just if you watch Cobra Kai, which I know a lot of our, our Rod squad do, the Rod, fan, the Rod mm-hmm. Peterson Show fans, they do watch Cobra Kai. So if you watch Cobra Kai, Hawk and Tyler Hero. They're like the same person. Yeah. I've never seen them in the same room. Now, just really quickly going back, I'm seeing the results for the poll question mm-hmm. that we just put up really quick. The winner is the Yankees. The Yankees are the World oh, Series favorite. Of course. Come on, guys. They've already got 27 of them. Do they really need another one this quickly? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, who will win the NBA final? We're putting that poll up right now. Mm-hmm. So, again, get your votes in. What's Cobra Kai, Connor? You watch Cobra Kai. Oh, Connor. Come on, Connor. Come it's, on. It's what I know all he's the kids using, are watching. He's using the sarcastic font, though. So oh, so that's, I think he's is being, that the trolling font? Is yeah. that what that, that's what the I kids call joking. it now? It's trolling? It's something. Okay. We're going to, yeah. We're to, so, yeah, anyways, <laughs> vote, on the t- vote on the poll right now. Um, I don't know. I, I watched the game last night. I was at a buddy's house, um, and we were watching it together. The Heat just seemed to... to I'm I'm not going to say dominate the game, but they disrupted the game. Right. The whole game, we were watching it, and it seemed like they always had control, Mm -hmm. and they were always forcing turnovers. And I think the Lakers had like five or six turnovers in the fourth quarter. LeBron James was making terrible passes. It it just looked like they got in their heads Mm -hmm. a little bit, and they kind of seemed like that scrappy team that can do that to me. And you know what? And again, you're going back to just the heart of sports, right? Who wants it more, right? Yeah. Is, is it AD and LeBron who have LeBron's been to what is it? Eight of the last nine NBA finals or something stupid. Like it's, do you, uh, I think it's like 10 of oh, the last 11, or whatever it is. Like again, let's go to our fanalists uh, with the squad here and yeah, see if we can was, get a fact check on that. But I saw something along those lines. But. Either way, it's again, if you look at Jimmy Butler and I watched his post game interview last night and, and the big thing, the big emphasis was, is what are we here to do? I'm not, I'm not here to score triple doubles. If that's, the, what I'm here to do to help our team, which is again him being the skill caliber player that he is to do. Now this is right. interesting, Max. I'm going to close the poll. Look at the look at the results of the poll here. Hundred percent say the Lakers are going to win. Wow, nobody's given the Heat a chance. Ooh. Now that was on a short sample size of votes because not right. everybody got their vote in. But mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Now we're going to go right into the next topic because we got to move along. Absolutely, the NFL Week Four just took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of interesting games and some big performances, uh, including a 500-yard four-touchdown performance by Dak Prescott in a loss to the Cleveland Browns. Typical Dak. Typical Dak, untypical Browns. Now, it's funny because our executive producer, Darren Mm -hmm. DuPont, bet on that game Mm -hmm. to tie, and the Browns scored too many points, so he lost. (laughs) So I said, it's not usually the case that the Browns score too many points and you lose a bet. Oh, I was listening to some crazy stats, whoever the commentators (laughs) were about. That was the first time in like 50 years the Browns had three games in a row where they scored 30 plus points. I can see that. In 50 years? Yeah. What? They're turning a corner. It might me. Is this the year we, for the Browns? Well, Maybe that should have been the poll question. It's like asking, is it the Leafs year every year? Uh, Sorry. The question I will ask is, this just came down just before mm-hmm. our show. 
went live. Will Bill O'Brien be the only coach and GM fired this week? And it just so happens to come on a week where I bet on um, <laughs> oh, I no. bet on the Houston Texans to win. There's yes, Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, clearly mad at somebody. Now, Bill, <laughs> Bill Hopefully O'Brien for trading DeAndre. For, well, he made uh, he's nothing. made a lot of questionable decisions. And shout out to Garrick Jones, who we've had on the show, who's mm-hmm. campaigning to be the next GM of the Houston Texans. But he's made a lot of questionable decisions. The people in Houston are not happy. And like likewise, he got fired. Now, the question is, is that is he going to be the only one this week? There's lots of questions. There's lots of questionable situations mm-hmm. right now in the NFL. I could see a couple of other guys, especially after tonight, like you said, if there's a result for the Falcons, <laughs> who are my team, uh, if I they didn't have to the say Packers, you said it, but is Dan Quinn out? I uh, yeah. I could see it. What about you? Uh, 0-4, right? That's a quarter of your season gone. Yeah. I mean, it's time to make a change. I don't know how he kept his job after last year, to be quite honest, but yeah. Kayla, could like you that. put up the squad select graphic now, which are our mm-hmm. football picks, please, that green one? It's coming up. There it is. So I picked the Ravens to beat Washington. Uh, that one worked out for me. Let me get the schedule up here. That one worked out. The Ravens destroyed Washington. I figured that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. You picked the Seahawks and Dolphins. That was a cakewalk yeah. for you. Seahawks won that one 31-23. Now, I think that was closer than it was, a it was less closer close than, than, the than score. it appeared. Like, it was a little closer than the score indicated. I caught most of it at you the end so? there. I had some fantasy implications with that game. So uh, watching it, it, it was a closer game. Miami put up a good fight. Browns beat the there. Cowboys for me. Saints beat the Lions for Max. Mm-hmm. I thought the Texans were going to pull something together because their lives were on the line. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe catch the Vikings on a bad day. Maybe Didn't they happen. Wanted Bill gone. Patriot. Uh, well, <laughs> honestly, you never know. That's right? happened before. Now, mm-hmm. what's the score right now in the Patriots Chiefs? Well, we've got ourselves a really good high caliber offensive display. Thirteen to ten at Arrowhead right now, uh, okay. with ten fifty seven left in so the So Max quarter. picks the Chiefs on that one. They're currently yeah. leading, so we'll see how that one ends up. We our squad battle was the 49ers Eagles. And uh, I thought the 49ers were going to pull that one out just because the Eagles are weird this year. You picked the right one. That was a weird, that was not a good game. I watched that one too. We were switching back and forth at the house I was at. The 49ers looked like they were going to pull it together, and then Mullins was terrible. We got to mention it, though. Our boy, Alex Singleton, coming through with the pick six. Okay. What a nice Alex Singleton, great game. Now, we're going to, Max, I hate to do this, but we're going to move on because Greg's on is getting in, and yes. we don't want to keep him waiting. No, we don't. So, our final topic of the day, voted for by you guys, the fans, mm-hmm. is Patrick Liney to Philly. Can you kind of just wrap up in a couple of minutes here? The what's going on with Philadelphia right now? Absolutely. I read a little article this morning from TSN. I believe it was Bruce Garriock, if I have it correctly. He was reporting that Philly was making a really strong push to get Line. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to backtrack on my thoughts maybe from last week a little bit. It's looking like the rumor mill is way too hot right now for me to see that he's not getting dealt. So, going back to the Philly rumor, Shane Ghost Gustispa here looking like Gustispa here. Gustispa here. Gustisbear. Gustisbear. Whatever yeah. his name is. His nickname's Ghost. Let's his Ghost Bear. He's Ghost Bear. Sure. So with Ghost possibly going the other way, the money makes sense. Maybe, as you alluded to earlier in a text message, possibly including Nolan Patrick, who's underperformed maybe, maybe since his second overall selection a few years ago. Either way, that's looking like it's the hottest rumor on the mill right now. We're going to see what's going just on. just to build on top of that, mm-hmm. Matt Niskan announced his retirement today, yes. which is going to save them, I believe, $5.75 million in cap that space. That opens up a lot of options. Which allows them to do a lot, especially if they're getting rid of Ghost's contract. 
And Nolan Patrick, he doesn't have a big contract, but he's I think he's coming up. He's maybe an RFA even right now. We're coming up. Very close to it. I think he's got yeah. one or two more years. So that's term, but. if you're watching for rumors, and we're gonna have Jared Dumba in here later on in the mm-hmm. show. If you're watching for hot hockey rumors, Patrick Line is not done yet. And I know John Ohm was commenting earlier from Winnipeg. He does not want to see Patrick Line leave. But John, strap in. This could be an interesting couple of days, especially with the draft happening tomorrow. And we don't know where everybody's at financially in terms of teams across the NHL. Now, we are going to take a break. Uh, Segment one, that was fast. That was quick. That was quick. Now, we're going to get to a break here. And coming up after the break, we got 16-year Major League Baseball catcher and World Series champion Greg Zahn. Stay tuned, and we'll see you after the break. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions is Saskatchewan's only full-service supply chain company. Strategic sourcing, PO creation, and order expediting, VMI and vending solutions, and free delivery are just a few of the supply chain services we provide. If your company needs it, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions can get it for you. Price, quality, service, Rockstar Supply Chain Solution is helping Saskatchewan companies buy better. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Hey, welcome back. We are going to get right into it. We don't want to keep this guy waiting. We've been looking forward to it all day. Let's get into our first ever video chat brought to you by IKS Live. We are heading out to talk to, first our, again, our first ever guest, 16-year Major League veteran behind the plate. There he is. You can see him there. The beautiful man himself, Greg Zahn. Greg, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah, That's up. Doing a catching clinic, and uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, actually. Uh it was uh, fifteen girls. Okay, I was going to ask. So yeah. My first, my first question for you actually was: you're telling me you were coaching, so can you just kind of dive into that a little bit? How's how, what's going on with your coaching role right now? 
Well, I've got uh, two youth baseball teams, 14U and 17U. I'm working for Oakville Minor Baseball Association. I uh, had my own uh, team that we were called the Dodgers um, and uh, got an opportunity to take over a couple of clubs. And uh, it was good. The, the, the 14U team, those guys are pretty big pretty competitive already they're they're tops in the province they're good good ball club and then uh they're stepping onto the big okay we are gonna just go out of this for now we'll we'll just chat a little bit so greg's on is coaching he's coaching at an academy right now and Mm -hmm. that reminds me a lot of our good friends over at RBI baseball training mm-hmm. and uh, a softball training. What I, they have a really long baseball name. and softball baseball and softball training, training academy. Now they're located just on the outskirts of Regina, and I've been working with them on and off for a little while now myself. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some great work over there, and I'm assuming that's pretty much what Greg's working on right now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he's kind of jumped into an academy training facility type role, and they probably do some travel teams, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what he's doing. So uh, our good buddy Chris Unschreiner over there, we have a question that Chris actually prepped for Greg. So when Greg gets back in, we will. Uh, okay, let's give it a shot, Jordan. If you're comfortable doing that, we'll go back to Greg, and uh, there he is, Greg. We have you back. We're good to go. Technical difficulties? Yeah, a little bit, but we're okay. We're rolling. Um, Max over here, Max Ritz, he's our uh, co-host. He's got a couple questions for you. We'll dive right into some baseball talk. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Max, take it away. Thank you very much for doing this, Greg. Max, you're a big fan. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get your input on the divisional series that we have kicking off that kind of start a little bit earlier today. Which one's got, I guess, your eye the most right now? There's a lot of intriguing matchups. I'm just interested to find out which one's got your attention the most right now. Well, the Dodgers-Padres is always going to be an interesting matchup for me because, you know, as a lifelong Dodger fan and a guy who <clears throat> basically retired while I was at spring training with the Padres, I, I, I've got a lot vested in it. You know, it's, it's one of those things that <laughs> you grow up a Dodgers fan and, you know, for the longest time, the Padres were insignificant. They weren't. They weren't any anything to really worry about. Um, whereas the Giants are always mortal enemies. Um, it's it's fun for me to watch. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. Of course, I'd love to see that happen. Um, that the Aduki Bats is is. next to it uh yeah i'm looking forward to that series more than anything else and you know about whether or not tampa uh is for real. <clears throat> i just didn't buy in yet i don't know if there's going to be a more going to be able to score uh there's three Let's take it out, Jordan, for now. Uh, Greg, we're just having a little audio issue with your video. Um, I might get you to, Greg, if you're hearing me, I I might get you to try a different device. Maybe give it a shot on your phone. Uh, It's just we're having a little issue with your internet connection, which is we don't want to. We don't want to miss what he's saying. He's analyzing. Oh, absolutely, he's not, diving no. right in. He's exactly. talking about the Dodgers, Padres. Uh, it's funny because I went to. For fun fact, for those who might be 
uh, new to not know who I am or new to the show, I, I did spend a year down in California playing some college ball, mm -hmm. and it is crazy the rivalries down there for fans. Like he mentioned, the the San Francisco Giants were mortal enemies. Mm -hmm. uh, if you like the Dodgers, the Giants. At, you hate Giants fans. Oh, and you hate like half of my team. It was like split mm -hmm. basically because kind of the, where I went Monterey Peninsula College was kind of right in the middle of that. So there's a couple Oakland Athletics fans, not very many. Um, but it's funny the Dodgers and Giants. That rivalry down there is nuts. Now I didn't know any Padres fans when I was down there, so I don't know if that says anything about the Padres. But um, yeah, that that Giants Dodgers is crazy. Well, kind of kind of speaking to what Greg was talking about about maybe that little bit of a relevance that the Padres had for for a period of time. And I remember going down to AT and T Park, and like you said, Clark, it was funny. It was the Red Sox and the uh, the Giants that were playing, and there were still people yelling outside saying, "I hate the Dodgers." Like they weren't even in town. I, I couldn't really fathom it, but it just gives you a real sense of what the rivalry's like. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's pro sports. We're just working on getting Greg Zahn back in. Everybody, hang tight with us as Greg Zahn is just getting his connection good to go. Um, we were talking earlier, Max, uh, about the Padres and the Dodgers, and that's the one that Greg Zahn kind of pointed out. Now, maybe he had a little bit of uh, bias there with his early childhood fandoms, but. We kind of talked about it. That series does seem to me like it's the series to watch, and it could be really, uh, you know, like a dynamic, explosive series in terms of the offense and everything going on there. Do you think they have the pitching staff to kind of keep the scores to a minimum, or is it going to be an offensive-based series? I think we're looking at a bit of an offensive series. Now, like you said, when it comes to the pitching side of things for the Dodgers, you've got Clayton Kershaw, you've got Walker Bueller. I, I forget, Urias, I believe, is uh, their new kid on the block there who had a great, great season. Uh, it's going to be interesting. As we mentioned, maybe at the top of the show here, the Padres are going to need their front of the rotation back. They're going to need Clevenger. Uh, again, the name is escaping me for their second man up, but it's one of those things where if you're San Diego, do you have to strategize a little bit more from a pitching perspective, use a couple of openers, get crafty with it? It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But Manny Machado is going to have to live up to his $300 million contract, and they're going to have to lean on the kid, Fernando Tatis Jr., to really provide the offensive spark. Let's do a little shout-out to the fans really quick here. Uh, Robin Wildy, shout-out from Paradise, which is Prince Albert, of course. Can't spell party without PA. That's right. Uh, we had uh, John Ohm tuning in. He's he's missing Greg Zahn. Uh, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. <laughs> We'd like to have him back as soon. I think he's coming back right away, Jordan. Just let me know. Got him here. Good enough to go, Jordan? Let's do it. Let's bring him in again. Greg Zahn coming back in. Look at this. Look at this. He's looking great. Greg, we got you. I think we're good to go here. Yeah, I feel like there's no drag. I'm, I'm looking at myself up here and I'm kind of behind over here. Yeah, making sure yeah. my volume's up. You are sounding you guys good. Work? You're looking yeah. good. Absolutely. Okay, That's great. So when we uh, when we lost you last time, you were talking about the intense rivalry between the Dodgers and the Padres, and I think you were kind of diving into some other the next division. Talking series. about the Rays a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So can you just kind of maybe yeah. just touch on? I, I was telling the story of I went to to baseball. I went to uh, junior college in California, Monterey Peninsula College, and. My team was, you know, right in the middle, kind of by San Jose. So we were right by San Francisco and half the team was diehard Giants fans and half the team was diehard Dodgers fans. And they hated each other for that. So can you talk yeah. about from California? Like, is that the go to rivalry, the, the Dodgers and the Giants or the, like you said earlier, the Padres didn't really they weren't really there. Yeah, the Padres weren't really there. I mean, you look at I think it was 1998. They, they were they were pretty good that year. Um 
But yeah, growing up a Dodgers fan, it was always uh, well, early on. It was Dodgers Braves. That was a big rivalry. Uh, and then it was Dodgers Giants. Always Dodgers Giants because they were both original New York teams. Right. Uh, part of the reason why I hated playing for the Orioles is because I had to wear orange and black, which reminded me of the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, it, it's an it's an intense rivalry. Um, you know, everybody knows about what miserable fans the Philadelphia fans are. Uh, worst place in the world is the visiting bullpen in Philly. Doesn't matter which ballpark you played at. But you know who are sneaky jerks? San Francisco Giants fans. They are sneaky a holes. I absolutely. They say some of the, yes. <laughs> they say some of the filthiest, rudest stuff you've ever heard in your life, and you think, oh my god, you know, wine swilling folks from you know wine country and whatnot. You think there's some civility out there? Think again, no. and then and then. And then imagine, imagine how much worse it is in Oakland when you when you go across the bay to see the A's fans and the Raider fans. Good lord! Yeah, I was <laughs> able to get to a couple of feral animals. Yeah, I was I was able to get to a couple Oakland games when I was there, and uh, talk about a cement jungle that 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 facility. Oh, oh boy, um, Greg, uh, you touched on the Orioles. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, Max, you had a question just quickly about baseball the future of baseball what it's going to look like you just maybe get go into that with with greg here yeah absolutely zani so when you're looking at baseball from a whole i mean the economic standpoint the game itself right now do you see uh, with the impact that COVID has had do you see 2021 being the timetable that baseball fans can reasonably expect for the game to get back to how we know and love it or do you think we're looking at a bit of a longer timetable with where we're at in society and the whole public health picture as a whole well, heck, I'm no doctor, um, but yeah, I would imagine you know the latter is probably going to ring true. I, I, I can imagine that this COVID thing is going to we're probably going to have a, a phase two or you know a second wave, sort of, so to speak. Um, gosh, you know, being the conspiracy theorist that I am, I, I, I'm not even sure it's real. Um, you know, sometimes you wonder when you look at the numbers out there. Whose numbers do you believe? Uh, yeah, it sounds like it's more contagious than, than the regular flu, but is it killing more people? Is it killing different demographics of people than the flu would kill? I don't know, and I don't mean to be insensitive, and I don't want to be insensitive, but you know, outside of a couple of people I know that have, quote, had it, it's really not been something that we've had to deal with. Um, you know, nobody on my ball club, thank goodness, came down with it. Um, and we were able to play a full summer. Um, and you, you know what it's like. I mean, as a team sport, trying to get a bunch of teenage boys to distance themselves, it was it was cuckoo. But with regards to baseball, you're talking about a $9.5 billion a year industry. That, that something needs to happen. I mean, there are clubs like the Yankees who probably would barely notice whether or not their fans actually came to the game because their television contract is what pays the bills for them. And probably a couple of other teams in profit sharing years. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a different animal, uh, but there's a, there's some other teams that need things to come back to normal. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to see this thing linger into next season. If, if there is a season, to be honest with you, I, I thought, 
and I, you know, I've said it a number of times. I'll say it again. I thought this season was a complete waste of time, um, especially when you're talking about only 60 games. The fight that's coming between the Players Association and Major League Baseball, it's real. Um, you got a bunch of disgruntled players who are now seeing the ramifications of that garbage collective bargaining agreement that they negotiated the last go round. So they're all bitter critters thinking, Oh my God, I got hosed in free agency. Uh, well, it's your fault. You're the ones that, that, that negotiated away your bargaining power for some creature comforts because you're all soft. Uh, worried more about your massage therapist being able to go on the road with you than you are having, having real bargaining power when you finally become a free agent. Um, it's just stupidity and, you know, he made your bed, deal with it, lie in it. And, but there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a huge fight. And it was my opinion that they should have bagged this entire season and started fighting, you know, three months ago. Yeah. Forget about it. Once the COVID thing got, once the season went below a hundred games, even 81 games, that's when they should have bagged it completely for, for health reasons for professional reasons just get busy fighting and get this over with so that another season doesn't get jeopardized what do you think is going to happen to the game of baseball if there's a lockout or a strike i mean it's it's a real question and, and it's funny greg uh you mentioned that about baseball we had brent sopel uh former stanley cup champion on our on the rod peterson show a, a few months back when when hockey got announced and he was basically saying the exact same thing as you we shouldn't be coming back for a bubble playoff scenario. It's stupid. The the health risks, the financial risks, look for the future, plan for the future. He's talking all the exact same thing. So you're not alone thinking this about baseball. It's it's not just baseball that's thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, it's it really isn't. I'm mean, I'm just like you know what was really amazing to me is you know you know I live in Canada, you know, and I flip on my computer the other day and. Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup was page two of right. the news. Mm-hmm. That ought to tell you exactly where it ranks in the consciousness of the human element right now, even here in Canada, when the Stanley Cup has been decided and it's on page two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know the playoffs were happening. Has <laughs> basketball finished yet? I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? Basketball is basketball. <laughs> they they do their own thing. Now, Greg, uh, just a minute ago, you mentioned um, playing in the AL East. You mentioned the Orioles. You played on the Jays, obviously. That's where we all know and love you from the Jays Central and all those things. And you also played on the Rays. Now, as a member of an AL East team that is not named the Yankees and the Red Sox, I was always wondering, I, every offseason, when the Yankees and the Red Sox go out and spend $200 million on new players... Do you sit there as a member of the Orioles or the Jays or the Rays and be like, ah, this again? Or were you always fired up by it? Were you like, all right, let's go kick these guys' ass? Or what, what did you go through every offseason as a player? I used to just wait, wag my finger at people because it's the cost of doing business in the major leagues. And everybody seems to forget that the two years back-to-back World Series champions, Toronto Blue Jays, were the highest payroll in baseball. Both years. Yeah. So don't think that you can go out there and like shirk the, uh, or, you know, reinvent the wheel. It's, it's a business. The best players get paid the most money, plain and simple. Um, unless you're a ball club who really does it right. 
i.e. the Yankees and Boston, who dra- who draft, you know, in the latter third every single year. They're picks 20 through 30, somewhere in there. And yet they seem to develop more impact players than any other organizations in baseball. They get more of their guys to the ball, to, to the big leagues that make a serious impact. Uh, Mookie Betts, Benintendi, Bogarts, Dustin Pedroia, all these guys were homegrown. You know, that's just to say a little, oh, go, go back to the Fab Four, the, the, the core four, what they call them, uh, Posada, Jeter, uh, Mariano Rivera, um, Andy Pettit, all of whom I played against on one AAA team. I mean, they see they know what they're doing. So they don't just spend well, they develop well. You, the formula has always been develop the core from within and sprinkle in free agents. Well, the free agents cost money. And if you want to win ball games in the big league level, you're going to spend a certain amount of money per ball game. And this whole money ball garbage where they're like, oh, we're going to we're going to do this and do that. We're going to spend less money per run. How's it worked out for the Oakland A's? Have they have they won a World Series since the uh, uh, advent of money ball? And please don't even start to give the Red Sox any credit for money balling their way to two World Series champions. I'm sorry, but Mr. Duquette put a hell of a ball club together that just happened to in- include going out and getting guys like David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, who were not money ballers at all. They're guys that just happened to have really good eyes and smashed the baseball when you threw strikes. Um, there's a formula for this. And you look at all these teams who don't understand how to play small ball that don't spend money. They don't win world series championship uh, championships. They don't win rings. Yeah, um, but, sorry, but it's true. They don't. But but Brad um, Pitt made a really good. You know, there may be some race. some evidence to support that. You know, you don't necessarily want to bunt. You know, through one sixty two, you don't necessarily want to try to steal bases through one sixty two. There has to be a time and a place for every style of baseball. And when you're in a truncated timetable, that is the playoffs. Um, every single run counts. And I have arguments for anyone that says bunting in the first inning is a stupid thing to do. 70% of Major League Baseball games that are won are won by the team scores first. 70%. Yeah. So what, 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 wouldn't you want to get one, one across the board in the first inning no matter what? You'd think so, right? You know, that's, but, just, my, that's just my feeling on things. And, and you know, they, they're, they're just it's, – it's not they're, – they're trying to reinvent the wheel. They're trying to change the way the game's played, and they have. But, you know, the teams that can execute, the teams that can throw strikes, hit and run, get a guy over with a bunt, hit the cutoff man, play solid defense and pitch well, they're the ones that are left standing at the end, plain and simple. I don't care what computerized machine is teaching you about launch angle. These guys are all easy to pitch to, and there's, what, three outcomes, homer, strikeout, walk? On a good day. It's no fun to watch, and it's a garbage game. And and, and now I've got to – now I've got to explain every other day um, why the home run totals are up because Major League Baseball owns Rawlings and they're juicing the baseballs because they don't get to juice the players anymore. Plain Wouldn't you? Simple. Wouldn't you? There's my tirade for the night. Uh, hey, that was fantastic. <laughs> now, one thing I was going to say was Brad Pitt did make a really good Billy Bean, though, you have to admit. Now your audio's out. Oh. <laughs> Um, I might have had an audio drop there, Jordan. If you want to just check that, thank you. Am I? Can you hear no, us again I, now, Greg? 
Perfect. Yeah, I, I was get, back. Oh. I was saying that Billy Bean oh, made a really good. Uh, sorry, Billy Bean. Brad Pitt made a really good Billy Bean, though, didn't he? You got to admit. He did. I've known Billy since I was fifteen. Billy actually was a teammate of my uncle Pat's in the minor leagues in Toledo. Uh, so it was funny. It was always funny for me to to look back at that summer, and then he ends up being this monster GM. But you know, <laughs> all those all those stories are true. It's funny too because Billy actually tried to trade for me like three times. Three times he tried to trade for me. I was a money baller and I didn't know it. I just knew what I couldn't hit and what I could. And I didn't swing when I got pitches that I couldn't hit. So I was going to say, Greg, how much, how close were you to being in that movie? You just said you got almost traded there three times. So was that around the same time frame or? Yeah, I am in the movie. Go back, go, you go look, go look at all the scenes, all the scenes that have. The whiteboard, the white magnetic board. You were on, on there. them. Uh, my my name was on one of the rosters in the background. Well, hey, I think that speaks well to your career. I would say. Uh, Great yeah, eye for the baseball Brad. end in yeah, cinema. We, <laughs> uh, yeah, me and you, you talk about money ball. You talk about small ball. You talk about home runs. Uh, I was looking at your roster from 1997 with the Florida Marlins, Greg. You guys weren't known for the long ball, if I'm not mistaken. You only had two guys who had 20 plus home runs that year. Talk about yeah, that. In a, in a, what's sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I said we played in a man-sized ballpark. It wasn't. It was 340 down the lines. It wasn't. It wasn't easy to hit home. Run at Joe Robbie, pro player, whatever you want to call it. Exactly, and, and I'm just thinking in an era where you know Mark McGuire and Ken Griffey were hitting 50 plus every year. You guys really yeah. figured out ways to win that didn't include the long ball. So can you talk about your roster that year and how scrappy you guys were as a squad and, and maybe kind of how balanced, I guess, it was as well? Because I was looking at your roster, a lot of good batting averages on that team, Greg. Uh, how how yeah, did you guys had, pull it we together? Had, well, the one thing that we had were guys that understood how to play the game. Uh, you know, even, you know, Gary Sheffield was a star. Bonilla was a star. Uh, Kevin Brown was a star. We had great pitching. We had great defense. We had timely hitting. That's what we had. We had a bunch of gamers. Um, and, you know, when we got Darren Dalton at the end at the trade deadline, he kind of he was the glue that brought it all together at the end. Um, one of my favorite stories in baseball is him chewing us out his very first day in the uniform, just expletive-laced uh, tirade at the end of the at the bottom of the tunnel at Old Riverfront Stadium after a loss to the to the woeful Cincinnati Reds, and he just let us have it. And it was it was a it was a, a moment that nobody will ever forget. It brought everybody together. There were some egos that were going in different directions on that ball club, but at, after that day, it was it was all rowing the boat in the same direction. But it was you know a lot of guys who had who had a lot of doubles. Who ran the base as well? Who played solid defense? Our pitching was was lights out. Kevin Brown, I mean, he, you thought he was going to throw a no hitter every time he walked onto the bump, and he would usually tear a TV off the wall when he did. Um, it was it was a great club, and if you remember, that was one of the most expensive payrolls in the game that year. Uh, third best record in the game, uh, smacked the Braves. We won. Uh, what do we win? Twelve and four against them in the regular season, and then beat them in six in, in the LCS. We whacked them around good. Uh, played the worst baseball of our season in the World Series and still won. Uh, mashed, smashed the San Francisco Giants straight, you know, swept them in the first round. Like when we had it going, there was no stopping us. We had the best catcher in the game at Charles Johnson at the time. Uh, no errors, no pass balls that year. Unheard of. Probably never been done. Probably never be done again. 
Um, just just a top to bottom great club. Our bench was solid. We had, you know guys like John Cangelosi, Jimmy Eisenreich, uh, Kurt Abbott. Our bullpen was was solid. Um, you know we had guys that could fill in for a week or two at a time, and and, and we really didn't skip a beat. There guys could pick up the slack. Um, but man, did I learn a ton. Uh, we had a great young shortstop in Edgar Renneria. Uh, Bobby Bo playing third. It's Moises Alou. I forget about Moises Alou. Holy crap! What a what a hitter he was. Uh, solid solid outfielder. Uh, Jeff Jeff Conine in the prime of his career. Devon White, probably one of the most graceful uh, ground covering center fielders there were in the game ever. The guy was unbelievable. Switch hitter had some pop from both sides of the plate, but a great situational guy. And then of course we were extremely well managed. It was freaking hilarious to watch Jim. Leland go out there and just manage circles around the competition every night. Like he would bait guys in the fifth inning, sixth inning of a ball game, and they would just, it was like taking candy from a baby, reeling in a fish. <laughs> you'd sit there and you'd scratch your head as a novice and go, what the hell's the old man doing right now? And then the eighth inning would come around. He'd get exactly the matchup that uh, he wanted, and we'd win a ball game because of it. And I, and I always giggle. I always giggle when, when people talk about some of the modern-day managers and some of the, the more recent managers, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's really smart. And I'm like, you guys have absolutely no idea what smart is. I, I, I look at some of the some of the, the, the recently departed uh, Blue Jay personnel, and I'm like, if I've had to put you against Jim Leland for one single day, you'd be crying in the fetal position after he just spanked you. <laughs> And, and, and just schooled you out there on a mount. You want to talk about a guy that was a, a, a puppet master? He played some of those other guys like like fiddles. It was awesome to watch. I mean, I learned a ton from that guy. It took me a while to understand some of it, but boy, was it fun to watch. A, a, a real thinking man's manager, a guy like Jim Leland, a Sparky Anderson, a Billy Martin, an Earl Weaver. You want to talk about guys that knew the game? That, that I knew... Jim Leland, he he had every game pre-scripted before it even started. Like he knew if the guy did this, he was going to react this way. If he was looking to get this matchup, this is how he was going about getting it, you know. And he all he had it all right up here, all the while walking around in, in metal spikes, smoking a dart. It was it was it was awful. And he went on to have a pretty decent career with the Tigers after that as well. Now, Greg, uh, we're going to dive into the Blue Jays to end off the interview here really quick. One thing you talked about pre-scripting games. One of the things in game one that the Blue Jays had to deal with was they were putting Matt Shoemaker on an innings limit or a pitch limit or whatever you want to call it. And then they brought in Robbie Ray and that got a lot of criticism. Now, what are your thoughts on putting out your horse in game one? Or do you think that they handled that appropriately for the situation that it was? You know what? It depends on how strong you feel about your number one. Look, they didn't have they didn't have a good number two, didn't have a good number three. Most teams don't. Um, so you figure we got to get a W the night that Ryu pitches. They didn't, but you you have to count that as a win. And if you know in your heart of hearts that you can't beat Blake Snell, even if you do put Ryu on the mound, you don't start in game one. Plain and simple. It ends up just going down as a really great pitching match that you were going to lose anyways. Um, I don't have a problem with what they did. Uh, I don't know if I have Shoemaker 
on a limit, not in the postseason, because you know what? Limit the guy all you want. If you don't move on, you've got the rest of the season to rest. Um, I'm not a big fan of all these newfangled, like, pitch metrics and pitch counts and all this other garbage. You know, starting pitchers are thoroughbreds. They're starters for a reason. Bullpen guys are failed starters. They weren't good enough to be starting pitchers, even in an era long ago. It still comes down to an ability to get around and get around to line up three times, three times. That's what you. That's what the benchmark should be for a starting pitcher, and he shouldn't require a hundred pitches to do it. Plain that's, and simple. That's a great point. It takes me a hundred pitches to get out of an inning, Greg, when I pitch <laughs> in my senior league. So I totally know what you mean. <laughs> well, these guys are. These guys are being conditioned. To think they, they throw five innings or 80 pitches and they're looking over their shoulder going, get me out of here, coach. I'm on the hook for a win. I got yeah. a chance. Get me out of here. Get it's, these not, here. it's not the same era as when you started your career. And I think you could probably agree with me on that. Um, we're going to do one more question for you, Greg, and then we'll let you go for the night. Max, take it away. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And you know what? Maybe even just speaking back to the Jays a little bit here, even though albeit a shortened season, do you have a bit of an overall report card for them? Was there some guys that stood out that are maybe a little further along in their developmental path or some guys that maybe, again, just showed you something that they're going to be a little bit quicker to make a bigger impact than we thought they would be heading into 2020? Well, I mean, uh, I'll start off with, you know, Vlad Jr., uh, more disappointment for me. But then again, I, after watching him last year, uh, he turned out to be exactly what I thought he would be, um, a swing and miss guy who's got a fitness problem. Um, you know, and, that, and, and them moving him from first base or from third to first, you know, that, that didn't really – didn't really hammer home the idea that, hey, dude, you need to get in better shape if you're going to play at this level. And, and, oh, by the way, these pitchers, even though I don't think they can really throw that many strikes anymore, you're pretty easy to pitch to. He's, he's, he is so easy to pitch to. Um, it's actually kind of disappointing how easy to pitch to he is. Um, the And that, to me, just stood out as just – I think that the Blue Jays have mishandled him from day one. Uh, shouldn't have been in the big leagues when, when he got called up. I mean, if he had a chance to impact the attendance, which one single player really does not. I mean, even the home run, I mean, is the home run race of 1998 the home run race without Sosa and McGuire? Right. Or is it just one guy hitting a whole bunch of home runs? Um, you know, the, the attendance the day he made his debut was 20,000 people in the stands. That's not much of an impact. Um, did he have a chance to impact the standings? No, they weren't going anywhere. So why do you bring a kid up who isn't ready, 100% ready to play in the big leagues? They thought he was ready offensively, but he wasn't because there aren't any good pitchers in the minor leagues. So who's he facing? A bunch of rummies. Um, me, guys like me. <laughs> guys like me. Well, you know, yeah. You're, you're not a, you're not a, a blue chip big league guy, so you know it is what it is. But they've mishandled him from the start. Um, so I've been, I was even more disappointed with what I saw this year from him. Nothing. So basically, we're two years into his career, and he's not any anywhere near the impact player that he was supposed to be. Uh, I like Bo Bichette. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better. He just he he 
And I'll tell you this, you know, when he was in double A, he started the year off horribly. He was mired in a slump for basically half the year. And you know what the Jays did that really served the kid well and will serve him later on in his career? They let him claw his way out of it. They didn't send him down. They didn't protect him like they've done every step of the way with Platty. So they go and they, you know, he spends, you know, he gets 100 at-bats here or 60 at-bats there. And before the league has a chance to make an adjustment on him, they move him to protect him, to protect his numbers. They let they let Bo wear it. They let Bo wear it. And you know who what? Bo made Bo, – he made the adjustments he had to make. And he clawed his way out of it. And that shows me a hell of a lot more than a guy that, you know, hits 400 in the minor leagues for 100 ABs. And then he gets a call-up. And then he gets another call-up and another call-up. Yeah, leave the kid alone. Um, you know the catching situation in ball in in Toronto, like outside of you know the the kid that came up, uh, and you know will Captain he be Kirk. a flash in the pan? I don't know. Uh, you know I, I don't sample size that small. Yeah, I don't look at a sample size that small and and, and say yeah I'm convinced. I want to see a thousand abs in the big leagues. Um, so my first answer uh, question is, can the guy catch and throw? Well, Danny Jansen, the, 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 the offensive guy, he came to the big leagues as an offensive guy, but he hasn't hit a lick. And defensively, he's got a lot to learn. I don't know what they're – I don't honestly don't know what they're teaching, but watching that guy catch the ball, watching the game calling, watch the, watch the, the throwing, oof, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced there's 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 – going to be any improvement there not with what we're doing um it just doesn't look good to me um you know i know i know the coach there schneider he's a heck of a guy he was a solid solid backstop himself but you know who knows what they're telling these guys to teach guys now because this new catching thing that they're doing and all this nonsense and these guys look horrible and the umpires can see it all and the game calling, good Lord, does anybody teach how to read bats anymore? Are they paying attention to what's going on in the game or are they just going by a complete script? Like, oh, do this, do that. You know, this this guy can't hit a curveball. Well, no crap, he can't hit a curveball. But it's only set up because he, he saw a bunch of hard fastballs first. Um, they just, I don't even know what's going on. Are they teaching anything? So, sorry, but no, I don't, outside of a couple of things, I'm not. I'm not encouraged by anything I saw from them this year. I just think that they got lucky with a small sample size. They played the same teams over and over and over again. The Yankees underachieved all year. The Boston Red Sox end up in the cellar? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Like, in the real in the real world in a real season scenario, that doesn't happen. They should not have been in last place. So yeah. No, well, and they. Really- they expanded the playoffs too, Greg, which we were laughing about. Uh, I, I, we have a mutual friend uh, who's a White Sox fan, Brian Snow, and he was saying, you know, it's been a long time since the Jays and the White Sox have both been in the playoffs. And I'm like, <laughs> Brian, it's not really the playoffs. No. I mean, yeah. Yeah. anyways. Yeah, like NHL where more teams make it than don't. Yeah. And we saw a lot of te- we saw two teams that were twelve seeds beat out five seeds, and everyone's up in arms about it in be- in hockey too, Greg. So it's it's been a weird year for all sports, but I think you can agree with us. I'm glad we got something to talk about and watch. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You know, now everybody's got now, now everybody's got something to root root for or root against. You know, 
Yeah. Pres- the president of the United States of Awesome has COVID-19. So now <laughs> now you can either, you know, root for his demise or, you know, root against him, whatever. It's like, yeah, at least we had something else to talk about for a little while. Well, Greg, one thing I will, I'll end it off with this note is that our good friend Chris Unschreiner over at RBI Baseball Training uh, in Regina here would love to take on your teams because I think you, it sounds like you kind of got some travel teams maybe that you're working on. So if you're ever looking for some cross-country play <laughs> without having to cross any borders, hit up Chris Unschreiner at RBI Baseball Academy here in Regina and, and they'll get you a, a seven-game series. How's that sound? That sounds like fun. I'm sure the boys would enjoy that. We'll, we'll, we'll find out what the chance to get across the border this year, but uh, if not, yeah. we'll probably have to use that as a contingency plan. You know, I don't ever have a problem coming to Regina. Well, hey, you're welcome here anytime. I'm sure Rod will put up, put you up in a, in either his house or a hotel or whatever. So <laughs> you come out here anytime. We'll get you in the studio. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. All right, Greg, we're gonna let you go. Thanks for joining us. Our first ever guest here on the Squadcast uh, video chat. Uh, thanks to IKS Live to be, to, for putting this on for us. And Greg, we'll stay in touch. Let's do this again because I don't think we've really scratched the surface with this one. Not even a little. Yeah, right. oh, you guys call me anytime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks you very much. Jordan, that'll be good for that one. Greg, thank you for joining us. Again, that was brought to you by IKS Media and Technology for all your production needs, uh, including video boards, event planning, and graphic design, and more. IKS Media is your premier destination for your entertainment needs, and they did a lot of work on this show as well in terms of what you're seeing, graphics, and, and likewise. So we're going to take a break. We're, uh, we, we had a great chat with Greg's on. Uh, RBI Baseball is tuning in. They want to have a – I think they're setting up the series already in their we'll head. we campaign going. So we're going to come back. We have Jared Dumba, and we have a lot to go over with Jared. So, Jared, get on in here, and uh, we'll take a break. We'll see you in a minute. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions is Saskatchewan's only full-service supply chain company. Strategic sourcing, PO creation, and order expediting, VMI and vending solutions, and free delivery are just a few of the supply chain services we provide. If your company needs it, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions can get it for you. Price, quality, service, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions is helping Saskatchewan companies buy better. 
Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Hey, we're back, and look who's joined us. We got Jared Dumba, our hockey analyst, joining us right now from Vigor Lifestyles. He's a big sponsor of the show. Jared, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, boys, on the first episode. Yes, and we are very excited to get into this because this is some exciting stuff. This week might be the craziest week in NHL history. Oh, it's going to be the best. I, like, the next month is, I'm just so looking forward to it. I am getting all giddy just thinking about it. The draft is tomorrow night, and we're going to get into the draft momentarily. But first, Jared, we got some hot rumors. Now, you came on the Rod Peterson show today, and you got me. My gears were just going with the things you were mentioning on the show. The first one we talked about was Patrick Line. And now, me and Max talked a little bit about it last week. You might have mm-hmm. caught it on the show last week. We, I think they should trade Patrick Line. Max thinks they got to keep him because you can't trade a 30, 40 goal scorer. Yeah. Where's he was a little more articulate. No, that, that was it. <laughs> that was all there was to it. Jared, what's, where's your head at right now with the whole Patrick Line Winnipeg Jets situation? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of in the middle. If I'm, if I'm GM, uh, GM Dumba, I, I mean, I could see I'm keeping him. I, I you want to keep a guy who's already got 40 goals, you're going, well, he's obviously got 50 goal potential. How do you trade that? But then, if you're looking and you go, if you do think you got, they might think they got four or five more years out of Wheeler. I think they only got two or more, two or three maybe sure. tops at this pace. But if you think you got, you know, him and Shifley and you're set on Connor, maybe you're thinking about in the draft at 10, uh, comes into it. Uh, who knows then? Maybe you're going, well, if we got to try get a D-man, mm-hmm. he's, the best, he's the best guy to trade. Yeah. You know? So if you're looking for that superstar D-man and you've already got a lot up front, <clears throat> I can see it making sense. If I'm GM, I can't see myself doing it. But I can see why he would be the guy who's got to go. You're going to get a lot more for him than you are for Connor. More or than anybody. Healers, anybody. Or anybody. Yeah, like just Shifley. the term of the contract. Yeah. Anybody too, besides right? he's, he's got one year left, right? Yeah. It, it, the chips are aligning, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. But People were saying the same thing about Matt Dumba. Well, you know, some people said, why would they trade Matt? Well, because they're going to get more for him than they will for Spurgeon. And Spurgeon brings about the same thing offensively. You know that the defensive part that he's bringing is taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he still needs to work a little bit on his defensive game. So yeah. if you're bringing in, you know, if you're – He's the guy that you, if you trade, you're going to get a lot more for him. So now, now one team, it's that. Uh, one team I mentioned last Wednesday was the Montreal Canadiens being a fit, but it sounds like they might not really be that interested in in pulling the trigger on that. Maybe the price was too high for them, but it sounds like they might have asked on Matt on Line. Oh, sorry, on Line. Yeah, yeah. Line in Montreal too. might be. They need a scoring forward really badly. We had a couple guys yeah. comment last uh, episode. Now John Ohm. Does not, I think John Ohm, if, if this happens and Lina gets traded, are you gonna like run through the streets and protest or what? He does not want to see this happen. But I can't say I blame him. I understand why he's like that. But if it makes your team better overall and you get pieces you need in order to succeed as a team, you if, gotta listen, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta entertain everything exactly. And we know what they want, what they need. They miss yeah. uh, you miss, when you lose four, you know, four good D. In in one year, you're obviously looking and for, for every defense. right-handed D on your roster. Bufflin, they lost Myers, they lost yeah. 
who was the other couple? They lost. Sherat. Sherat left. Yeah. And Truba got dealt to New York. And yeah. Truba. Yeah. Those are four pretty good defensemen mm-hmm. that you're that you're looking to. Especially to as a group. Yeah. All together, they're big. They knew, big, they, if physical. They, if they knew they were going to be losing those guys, one of the previous two drafts, they would have taken a high, probably a high defenseman. Right. Yeah. You know. So now you're now you're having to trade a trade a piece to get one. But so, but with Montreal, sir, I just no, want to ask ahead. you a question. Yeah, this is good. With Montreal. It just popped in my head today. If Tampa Bay is going to be getting rid of Braden Point, Ooh. they've been looking for the number one centerman forever. Whoa. They've been looking for scoring. Yeah, they've got some stuff that they could do there with if that. They could I work wonder. out a thing where they could get Line A and Point. Oh You've my. just changed oh, your entire what? future. Yeah. Now, the the I'm just going to say this really quick, and then I'm going to get into the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Flyers, who yeah. are kind of heating up right now. Yes, but really quick. Last week I said Domi Mete. And a high pick or Cole Caulfield to Winnipeg for Line A, and then you would, then you have to work out a trade where you get you would send some prospects or some young guys without a whole lot of cap to Tampa for point. It it'd be tough. It'd probably include their first over their first round pick. Yeah, for sure. Plus 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 whatever. Yeah, but it ah, you man, might you, you might have to give up a couple firsts. You know this this year and next year for point. But yeah, yeah. I would I would do if that. If you can get a 24 year old first line center and a 22 year old elite scoring winger, you've just changed the future of your franchise, and you still have Shea Weber, Carey Price, and and everybody else that's coming up. All the young guys, uh, Ryan Poling, and, and yeah, you know, exactly. All this, so this is he might be included in that trade to Tampa. He could he could be a piece because they'll be they'd probably be looking for you know a, a center that can eventually slot into that three or two spot. That uh, could be up. the fit because yeah. Sorelli'd move up. You put Paling in there now. Yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers are, I don't know what's going on there. Matt Niskanen's retiring today. Yeah, I just heard that today. That, o- that opens up a ton of cap space for them because he's he wasn't he didn't sign with them, so his cap recapture doesn't go to them. It goes to Washington, I think. He's I, been all over the... I can't remember exactly how it works, but I read today the Flyers have no cap penalties for this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. they open up $5.75 or $25 million. Yeah. So, Not only that, they want to trade Shane Goss to spare. Yeah. And so now, so now, what do you do there? Because who's a, yeah. a defenseman? Shane Gostas Bear, Patrick Laine, Nolan is Patrick. There a switch? Is there a flip there? Now, I think now, Jared, you saw Nolan Patrick live in person in the yeah. WHL when you were doing color commentary for the Pats. Yeah, Nolan Patrick never seemed to work out with Philadelphia so far. Hasn't seemed to work out so far, but he's no. got tools. Yeah, not offensively. No. He, they did really like his defensive game. Yeah. That's one thing, and he hasn't come around offensively. If he could put it together, I think I think his days in Philly are pretty much, pretty much numbered. And, yeah. you know, where are you going to go? If somebody's going to give maybe a little bit extra to take a chance on him, you'd think it's his uh, home... His home, home province. province there. That's what I was thinking. A homecoming for Nolan yeah, Patrick. I mean, if you can get him, I, I saw Konechny. Somebody mentioned Konechny mm, for ooh. Line A. I don't think that they're going to give up Konechny. Mm. I, I think even on a one to one, they yeah, might they might say no to that swallow. because of how good defensively he is, what mm-hmm. he adds with the sandpaper, the that. playoff yeah. stuff. I I you know it would be close, but uh, yeah. I, I couldn't see him. But I could see a, a package of a Nolan Patrick, a first mm-hmm. round and a first round pick. So, and sh- maybe and, Shane Gostas Bear gets put into that deal and a ghost as be. that cap because yeah. they need a yeah. little bit of cap in the deal probably yeah. to make it totally work. And yeah. Philly's probably now yeah. going to make a play on somebody else, so they'll want to have some flexibility. Yeah. But then you look at Ghost going to to uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. Under contract, so he doesn't have to sign in Winnipeg because that's half the problem. Mm-hmm. With Winnipeg is they can't get yeah. free agents. So yeah. you get an offensive defenseman like that. 
to play with or beside Go, uh, Morrissey. Mm-hmm. And then you got then Nolan Patrick, that guy who can probably fit into that second line center role. Yeah. Then you're looking, you're cooking with fire maybe a little bit in, in yeah. Winnipeg. You've got Billy Hainola on the way as well, too, who's young, the first young round guy. pick from They've the got last lots year of young who had to play games because they were so decimated out of that top four, yeah. right? Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, and another guy I could see uh, Winnipeg being after if they were to trade Lani to, to Philly is Sanheim. Okay. I could I could I like see that. that being part of a deal. You know, all of, all of a sudden, if you put Sanheim and and um, uh, sorry, the centerman we just mentioned, I, Patrick, Patrick, Nolan yeah. Patrick. So if you put Pat Nolan Patrick together with, with Sanheim, mm-hmm. that might be enough. And he's got some know. cap too, so maybe you that might works have to out. Throw in a fifth or third something or like something. That. It fits knows, on the age but, too, yeah. right? Because you look at it, right? Yeah. As we're talking about salary components and everything like that, but yeah. he's a twenty Patrick Line rather a twenty-two year old with a future. Now you're going to need some young guys to possibly offset that if you're going to get that back in the deal, right? So Patrick and Sanheim definitely fit the bill. Yeah, definitely. And, I, I yeah. like with the – so the Flyers are a team to watch for me. Yeah. The Rangers are a team to watch Ooh, for Rangers me. Now, big time. one thing I'm going to mention to you because I know you're going to have a heyday with this rumor yeah. is that the uh, New York Rangers might trade that number one overall pick for Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. Ooh. Now, Jared, I see you already. Oh. Your mind is I going. I said I would do this about two, three weeks ago. <laughs> so do you, as a as GM Dumba of the yeah. New York Rangers, trade yes. massive potential for, sure. for ex, uh, established vet? And for do you sure. think that's the deal? Just one for one, Jack Eichel for the first overall pick in Lafreniere? Uh, if, if that was the deal, I could see that being the deal. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if either side would want to throw in any more than that. Mm. I think they'd probably, you know, just chance it. I don't think it's a real huge chance on Lafreniere, but if right. you can, they, they don't have that first line center. I mean, if you can get a guaranteed stud who's going to be in the top 10 score, yeah. uh, scorers in the league, probably top five mm-hmm. for the next 10, 12 years. Why wouldn't you do? And it? imagine Zabinijad moving down to two C, oh. and then you got Eichel Zabinijad. You already have wingers in Panarin. You already have Kreider. You already have Kako. Kako's going to be. So, do yeah. you need Lafreniere there? Even like maybe they don't even maybe they don't even want him. Maybe he doesn't fit. They also yeah. have Kravtsov yeah. on the way. If I Kravtsov, Kravtsov, yeah, the young guy taken as well. Too. So there, there's some names there. Watch yeah. out! All oh, I'm going to yeah. say is watch yeah. out for the New York Rangers on draft day, which is tomorrow. Yeah, because something. Now I know. Yeah, of course they're going to say that they're not shopping. Jack Eichel, Robin Wildey, but that doesn't mean that a one phone call can't change everything, especially on draft day when pressure is flying around. And Wayne Gretzky was traded. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now let's get into it because we have two more topics I want to talk to before we get to the draft. And like we just said, there's a lot with the draft and Jordan's keeping us on a time limit after mm-hmm. last week. So yes. we got to <laughs> we got to stay on topic here, guys. Mm-hmm. Now, Jared, the goaltender market where we've been seeing all sorts of names flying. Henrik Lundqvist gets bought out. Uh, Braden Holtby's going to free agency. Corey Crawford, who knows what's going on with Chicago? I saw a rumor that they actually reached out and tried to get Matt Murray out of Pittsburgh. The oh. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. So maybe they're not sold on bringing Corey Crawford back, Mark Andre Fleury, Freddie Anderson. I could say a bunch of names, Jared, and just Everything's, start talking when you, yeah, you feel like well, you want to. I, I just heard uh, today that the Leafs said that they're going to stick with Anderson. Yes. <laughs> Dubis so was firm on that. That makes sense to me. I mean, you look, he's always one of the top five goaltenders in the league. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, I think he's going to be gone. Where does, I don't know. I really liked what you said today, just to cut you off yep. about the Oilers. About the Oilers. Fleury there, room, room guy, 
really good dressing room guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think if 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 I was me, if I was the Oilers, I would GM be GM Dumba of the Oilers. I, yeah, GM Dumba <laughs> of the Oilers. I'm going after him. Uh, if I was uh, Carolina, I'd probably mm-hmm. go after him as well. Yeah, Mrazek and Reimer don't so... seem like the tandem there to take them to the next level. Yeah, right? and I know that they, people say, well, they yeah, but they did well in the playoffs. Yeah, Reimer, but that's what Reimer is. He's there half the time, and then yeah. the other half, you, you can't count on. That was a magical run for Carolina. Yeah. They, it all just kind of came together at the I right like time. I like Morozik, though. If you could bring him in with the, you know, let Morozik learn from someone like that a little bit. Sure. I think that could work out. Uh, now, Holtby, that's another guy that could end up in Edmonton, obviously. Yeah. Local boy. Alberta boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Calgary, too. Or, or Calgary. Depending on how it all works out. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, what about, you probably see some surprise, like all of a sudden Holtby's just in Vancouver or something. <laughs> yeah, Somewhere. absolutely. Where's, well, where's Jacob Markstrom's going? another name, right? And yeah. I said last yeah. week adamantly that the Canucks should not bring Markstrom back. Yeah. But now there's all these rumors, too, and, and this is another topic, but we won't go too deep on that, but that maybe Demko's a trade chip that they're going to be using for bringing in somebody else. And... I don't know. I thought Demko looked really good in the playoffs. Super small sample size. Mm-hmm. I get it, but I don't think they overpay for Markstrom right now when they got other guys they got to keep on on the roster. And Demko, Demko can take over. Ready. You bring right in. Now. You bring in yeah. one of these ten veterans. Yeah. For on a cheaper deal, two, two, three, four million maybe. Yeah. And Markstrom goes and signs somewhere for six or seven. If you or, could get him, if you could get uh, Mark Andre or Holtby or Hank yeah. in there. And Demko. I like Hank there. Demko's pretty much ready, but you, you start playing him, and if you notice that maybe he's quite not quite ready, well, he's mm-hmm. got another year or two to learn from Mark andre or Hank. Yeah. Or Holt. You can split the workload you know? there, too. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe they've still got one more year of Luongo recapture at $3 million against their cap. Okay, Vancouver has a lot of contracts that are troublesome when you're trying to have some flexibility. Yeah. They got the Beagles, they got Roussels, they've got Brandon Sutter at 4.75 as a yeah. fourth line. That, if that was center. another name I've heard in the yeah. rumor mill So as well, if too, they can get rid of some out. of those, con- yeah. maybe Brandon Sutter specifically, but if they can get rid of some of those, they might have some flexibility to bring in yeah. somebody. But Brandon Sutter, you'll see him in, in Columbus. Yeah. I, that would be my guess. That's a decent Somebody that Torts could turn into a 20-goal guy that's got some sandpaper, yeah, some jam. Him and Torts would just be... They yeah. Oh, they would I, just was be Torts lo- there when Sutter got other. there? They'd I be agree. loving each other. Was Torts in Vancouver when Sutter got there? Or was uh, that after? I honestly, was think it had to be just after. It would have been after. after yeah. Just after, I think. Yeah. 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 Interesting. To, Vancouver, another team to watch. So everybody writing this down, write your notes. We got Vancouver to watch, Rangers to watch, Philly to watch. And then, as Rich Sutter said, we've probably got about twenty-eight to thirty. There's teams a Tampa to watch. To right watch. Now. There's, yeah. there's going to be a yeah. lot of movement. Now, last going on. topic we're going to get into before we get into the draft is Alex Petrangelo, the bell of the ball. As everyone always says, the top free agent is the bell of the ball. He's going to get yeah. overpaid probably somewhere in a good way. He's a good defenseman. He deserves it. Yeah, he's the captain of the Blues, Stanley Cup champion. There's not you can't say too many good things about Petrangelo. Yeah. Now everyone's talking about the Leafs and. I'd love it, guys, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not staying fits. awake at night thinking that he's. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Uh, but there's some other teams that he might fit on. And what have you been hearing? Because you know some people. What's going on in the league with Alex Petrangelo? Where? What do you think? Well, with Petrangelo, it's uh, even the guys I know that's they're every, they're saying everybody's pretty tight-lipped, especially in that organization. Uh, they want him back, and apparently they're preparing an offer, whether that was given to him today or, okay. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that St. Louis. That St. Louis is preparing an offer for him, but uh, I don't know. I always wondered why, you know, <clears throat> I don't know exactly how much room, you know, Winnipeg has or if they could do anything. He has to go want to go 
to one of these places too. I'm not That's sure he it. wants to go to to a yeah. Winnipeg, New York, like the Rangers. Do they have? Would they have room? Do they have any room? I know that. Mm. Uh, Colorado has a lot of cap mm-hmm. space. I haven't heard any of these teams in. I'm just wondering, how come we haven't heard any of these guys who have a little well, bit more cap space? I'll pull up cap friendly. We'll throw a yeah. couple numbers around, and then we're going to get into that draft. Kayla, yeah. get that draft ready. Get draft and graphic I think ready. We're also almost too, there. Maybe to provide a bit of an interlude, yeah. I, I think the problem is the entire league doesn't know where they're going in a sense of the landscape, right? Yeah. It's, it's literally decisions yeah. are going to be made on the fly. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's going to be awesome as a hockey fan. Yeah, well, I'm sitting pumped. here in my jersey yeah. on a October 6th, ready to rock. Preds are picking 11. I feel great. But yeah, it's going to be just for the entire league as a whole. It's just going to be movement day. Really. Now, it's Jared, yeah. one of your favorite sayings is there's always another move that can be made to make room for things. And yeah. what I'm about to say is not the be all end all of what the cap space situations are. But Colorado has about 23 million in cap and they are a team that's looking to win. Yeah. I would think yeah. they they don't have that long of a window with Nathan McKinnon's cheap contract to really win. Yeah. So if they can get like on Makar's rookie contract and uh, those some of those younger guys that they have, if they can attack that now, yeah. I think Taylor Hall goes to Colorado. You think so? Just yeah. keep bolstering that off. I think possibly on a one year deal. I was reading one somewhere today. He's looking at a short term deal to go to a winner, right? And I think you look at it from his perspective. Yeah. He's made some good money in his career. He's still young enough where if he has a resurgent year on a good team that wins the Stanley Cup, he can boost that market value, and who knows where we're looking at in a 12-month yeah. from now landscape yeah. economically I where like he could get his big payday. Him. Another place for him is, I don't know, I've always felt like he like he wants to go to Edmonton for go some back. reason. feel like he wants to go right the wrong almost. Interesting. You know? now, Edmonton, new regime there. New regime. Edmonton's they may only, welcome him back with open arms. They only yeah. have $8.8 million right yeah. now, but like you said, Jared, always there's, there's always another move that can be made, so yeah. who knows? Maybe that is... Maybe yeah. the reunion's on the way. That'd be fun. I, I'd really like that, honestly. Edmonton messed up too many players. He, I'd like to. I'd if like he goes to, back there and plays like he did in New Jersey on yeah. a different line, sure. You know, him and Nuge are on a line now. Uh, that could be a championship team. That's you know, if good. they if those young guys yeah. take that next step, all of them mm-hmm. take that next step that they need to. Yeah, they could be a very dangerous team next year. Now, I was I was listening to my good friend Steve Dangle's podcast. Uh, Steve yeah. Dangle, you all I follow. Steve everyone on, knows yeah. him. Everyone loves him. They were talking about the New York Rangers, and I said it earlier as a team to watch. They have $13 million of dead cap this year. They have Dan Girardi's buyout. Ryan Spooner's, uh, they retained some salary on a trade of his. Kevin Shattenkirk bought out $6 million this season. And then Henrik Lundqvist is 5.5. And they still have $23.1 million in cap space. And they now they only have four defensemen under contract, so they're gonna have to so get some guys. Have to get a couple of demons. That's what I'm saying. How but, come we haven't heard Petro Petrangelo's name? Band him and Jacob Truba as your top two right-handed defensemen. Adam yeah. Fox coming up. Yeah. Now they have Adam Fox, Anthony D'Angelo. Oh, you know what? That's why because they just signed Truba to that big yeah. deal. That's yeah, why. did get him on a big number. That's why. Yeah, eight million. Uh, but they have Panarin, big money. Kreider, big money. Zabinajad, five point three. They have a spot for I, I like the Jack Eichel idea. Now it's yeah. who knows, but I think that'd be a very fun spot for Jack Eichel to go. Captain America, he can he can be that American dude that the Rangers have probably wanted for years. And yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, 
let's get into the draft, Jared, because I know that the Colin people... needs us to talk about his senators. And based on your write up, Jared, I know you've got some really good thoughts about where they're going to be going with picks three, five, and later. Now we round. haven't just really quick. We yeah. haven't mm-hmm. revealed your top ten no, yet. Yeah. So Kayla, let's bring up that top ten draft board, and we're going to let Jared go to town on it. Uh, and we will talk about these Ottawa Senators. So, Kay. Jared, go from 10 to 1 and tell us what you think. Okay, well, number 10, uh, Lucas Raymond, obviously a Swedish kid, played uh, in the SHL this year. Uh, he didn't put up a lot of points, but there, he's compared to Mitch Marner. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to go 3, 4, or 5. Uh, watching him, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I've watched him throughout the years, watched him at the at the juniors, and, and uh, I just – I th- I. I think that there's some other players that are a little ahead of him, and you can see them all right there. Yeah. Uh, Askarov at nine. Uh, if I was a GM, I'd probably take him three, four, or five. I, well, think, I think that much of him. I was going to say, we had uh, a Detroit Red Wings fan today chime in, Tyler yeah. Walrick, who you might yeah. know from the Saskatoon Blades, and he said... He's not getting past Detroit at four, Askarov. Well, Iserman, if there's a guy that doesn't mind taking a guy way out of position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you saw Okay, last Moser year. last year, right? There's, yeah, he's he's yeah. Stevie Y, the wonder guy, right? Oh, man. Yeah. You never know a Steve Weiserman. So yeah. let's go to eight. Now you got Alexander Holtz going to Buffalo. Yeah, another Swedish kid uh, played with Raymond again on the World Junior team. He was in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, he had a decent year. Uh, he got around 10 goals. Like he had nine goals. Uh, put up. He didn't put up uh, huge points, but he's playing against men and, and he played a lot and he had a lot of chances and he had uh, quite a few shots. So now uh, you're an interesting guy too. Yeah. Just moving into these next two picks. Yeah, you put Sanderson above, above Drysdale. Can you just talk about why you did that? Well, watching Sanderson, I just think his upside is uh, higher than than Drysdale's. And when I watch Drysdale, everybody talks about what great offensive ability he has. I think it's because of his speed and because of how how well he thinks the game. Uh, to me, when I watch him stick handle, it looks like his sticks two inches too long. Yeah, it looks like I don't think he's going to be able to. To man the, he's not going to be the quarterback of the power play at the okay. NHL level. Mm-hmm. I think Sanderson, the the way he came on, beginning half of the year was I would have said Drysdale night and day, but by the end of the year, Sanderson was coming on, and then the way he can shut guys down with his defensive game, mm-hmm. and then you see what he was doing against college players. He he stepped up in the every big mm-hmm. game. He stepped up and he was better. So he's one of those guys. Push that mic into your mouth a little he, bit there. So Jared. he's one of those guys that steps up in the big games, and his he's just starting to tap into his offense, and it's already close to Drysdale. That's going to so be I think a situation be to watch because yeah. we just saw um, we just saw oh uh, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet mm-hmm. today. He came out and said Sanderson above Drysdale as well, yeah. and some people don't agree with that. Obviously, a lot of people are saying Drysdale, but that might just yeah. be the easy pick. Now, yeah. the next two picks, you have Perfetti and Rossi. I've yeah. seen some comparisons to the two. They're smaller guys. They're scorers. Yeah. What do you think? Detroit goes with Perfetti over Rossi. What do you think there? Well, I think uh, Detroit's going to go with uh, Perfetti because he's a local area kid. He's from he's from that area, and he's already training with uh, Chris Draper and that crew. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they got when some you hear scoops. stuff like that, they're already training him. They're already watching over him. They, they Detroit really, really likes him. Mm-hmm. He's got the highest hockey IQ. Costantino gave uh, – or was it Costantino? No, it was – Craig uh, Button was Button doing a lot lately, six, too. Six out of five for hockey oh, IQ. Wow. You You're hear surprised. this kid on interviews, mm-hmm. and the way he talks, it sounds like he's 45. 50 years old mm-hmm. and he's just been through everything and he's he's smart he's he's going to be a captain i'm sure of it mm-hmm. uh and then he was voted also the best 
the best stick handler and best playmaker as lo- as well as highest his highlight IQ. package. Yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah. he's he's disgusting. Maybe not the fastest guy, but uh, like Steve Eiserman wasn't the fastest guy, but boy did he have some sick hands and a great hockey IQ and mm. and worked hard and you know did current everything. Toronto Maple Leafs captain John Tavares was not the greatest skater coming into his exactly. draft year either. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. A, he's a pretty f- good player. Uh, now I read in your article we're gonna we're gonna do this really quick and then we mm-hmm. got to get top three and then we got to get out of here and there's something on the board there that I want you guys to just kind of monitor we're gonna talk about that yeah. really fast too yeah. Marco Rossi you said could be the rookie of the year that's mm-hmm. what I think when you when you watch Marco Rossi there was a couple guys that I watched that I'm wondering why is no like I just think he's better than a lot of people think Rossi he makes things happen out of nothing he's the hardest worker they say in the gym he's like Crosby like okay. he is just dedicated mm-hmm. and with how hard he works uh, he's been they t- he broke down on one of the uh, interviews I watched everything that he's done since last season mm-hmm. and you're going this kid's a hard worker so wow. that's what everybody's saying and the skill that he has he's the first uh, Swiss born player to ever uh, win the OHL scoring title mm-hmm. and they're saying that he's uh, uh, ahead of uh, where Nico he sure was oh, okay. at this point and he, first, to be, yep. and he went first and he went first so there, his the sweet the Swiss guys that know him well say he's ahead of where Nico was. So Ottawa gets him either way, but could he go a little higher? Maybe he goes top he, three. He could he could sneak into that three now. Now yeah, listening. talk about your top three. Is I just want to ask you this question, yeah. Jared. Obviously, everyone's saying whoever the Rangers don't pick or whoever the Kings don't pick, Ottawa's going to pick. Is Lafreniere the can't miss prospect? Is he the can't, is he the guy this year? I know he's the guy, but this year, but I think so. Is he on the level of is some of the other guys, or is he Nail Yakupov? Uh, I'd say he's on the level. Okay, just on he's just because he's always every. Thing he's supposed to do, he's done and more. Yeah, and the spotlight's been on him since 16 years old. The World Junior performance was pretty old, impressive. Seven, he's Coming been from the, the same roots Crosby did in Ramuski. Yeah, and CHL Player of the Year mm-hmm. two years in a row before his draft year. Him and Crosby, mm-hmm. only two guys to do that. Although he's a year, he has a late birthday. Hard to argue. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to say him. And then I think Stutzel is going second. He's a centerman as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody says left winger, but he's sure. he's probably going to play center in the NHL level. Mm-hmm. He just played right now because he gets more opportunities he's against men. He's 17 years yeah. old, but he's he's a big guy and he's mm-hmm. and he's strong. You watch him. I think he's going to be another Leon, okay. another dry yeah. sidle type. Yeah, a little bit different player, but he's more dynamic. Even mm-hmm. you take a chance on that though. If that's oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. And I think and just when you watch Byfield, uh, the only thing that scares me about him is he, all of the big games. Mm-hmm. He's been very subpar. Yeah. Um, he doesn't put up real big numbers. You know, mm-hmm. the World Juniors, well, yeah, he's he's pretty young. He's still 17, mm-hmm. but you wish you'd seen a little bit uh, better showing. Yeah, I agree with but, you there. But uh, although he still is 17, and Lafreniere didn't have a great year right. the year before, and he's only six mm-hmm. weeks uh, six we- he's six weeks away from being one calendar year younger right. yeah. than Lafreniere. So, so, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Lots of ceiling there, right? Yeah, but, the but I would say I think Byfield will probably go in, and if Byfield goes to third... If they do retain that other pick and Rossi's there, I I don't know why you wouldn't go for it's two guys that are probably going to be franchise center. They need some forwards there. The too. Only, like some impact forwards, really. Yeah, the only other thing I could see them doing is trading that down in, in Minnesota or maybe who knows what. Sure. Uh, who knows what Minnesota's doing with trading Dubnik? Is it because they think this kid can come in and play right away or is it because they're going to try and bring in an older guy and right. draft this kid mm-hmm. or are they taking a center and Man. trying to move up? Maybe, so uh, maybe they 
they're trying to move year. up. So if they try and move up, uh, Ottawa can move back and take tomorrow's that Tomorrow's going to be wild. I don't know how it's I'm going to. I don't know how they're. I'm going to be able to do the Rod Peterson show tomorrow. It's going <laughs> to be a crazy day. Now this yeah. is something that's just coming down. Thank you, Alan, the intern, for pointing this out. This is true. Uh, Darren Drager is retweeting it. The real Darren Drager. There's been a lot of fake ones these last couple of days. The real Edmonton Oilers are tweeting this. Uh, it's a statement, and Kayla, I don't have the picture for you, so don't worry about it, but I'll just read it out. Earlier today, Oilers captain Connor McDavid underwent medical testing that revealed a positive result for COVID-19 virus. Since that time, he's been voluntarily self-quarantining in his home. He will continue to be monitored and will follow all associated health protocols. He's feeling well and is experiencing only mild symptoms. Now, that's from the Edmonton Oilers themselves. It's a big deal, but, I mean, Austin Matthews had COVID before playoffs, and he played and looked pretty good so it's i think the off this season. is a bigger deal because of the timing of it right there is no yeah. hockey to be sure discussing you're talking about and we've got the draft it's there's just so many things right now i don't know i'm not you don't want the face of it. your league getting it so i yeah. can see that <laughs> yeah. it's he's the face um so big news make sure you're monitoring that in the next day or two or week or however long it's going to take for for that he's got covid right well wishes game. connor Hope you get You're better. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. COVID. It's right in his name. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> bound to happen. Conspiracy. It was bound to happen. We had to get a conspiracy out of Jared before the night was over. So that's, <laughs> there we go. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Jared, we're, again, we said it with Greg. We're just scratching the surface. We're, we're going to be bringing you back before Absolutely. you know Anytime, it. Anytime, boys. Um, tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, legendary NHL pest Matthew Barnaby joins us. We're going to talk draft with him as well. He's right in the Ottawa area, so we'll have some stuff to talk about with Barney. Uh, hour two, we got NHL draft prospects Seth Jarvis and Portland winner from the Portland Winterhawks and Tristan Robbins from the Saskatoon Blades joining us. So tomorrow is an NHL draft special. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Next week on this show, we have uh, we're going to be breaking down all of the chaos that we talked about that could happen tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, by next Tuesday, it's a special Tuesday episode. Uh, we're going to be having Nick Alberga from Sportsnet on with us. He's going to be breaking down everything that happened and everything that might still happen. Uh, so we're really looking forward to having Nick plus Andrew Gottslig from Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoop life. Now, let me just really quickly find the hoop life read and uh, toss that hoop life graphic. Thank you. Uh, hoop life family. It's that time of year again. Fall sessions are here. Hoop Life is the place to be this fall to take your game seriously. Session options all week, every week. Grab your membership or sessions packs today and get in the gym. Visit hooplifebasketball.com for more information. Uh, Jared, thank you for hanging out with us tonight for Vigor Lifestyles. Thanks for having me. We're going to have some Elk Velvet Antler after this and and have a good night. There (laughs) we go. i got to bring some for you We got a couple bottles. We're we're dabbling. If you want to bring more, I'm not going to say no. I think I got more. And one last tiny thing, Jared, thank you so much for being the author of this feature. I literally just hit publish while we were on the air. Yes. Going awesome. to uh, Jared's top 10 for the prospects and getting that full feature breakdown. So thank you once again. All the we links. We hope to have you again soon. The links to all of Jared's articles are on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Mm-hmm. So go check out yeah. his entire mock draft. And please come over to Twitter and tell me how much of an idiot yes. I am for all the picks that <laughs> you hate. I've done it. It's please. Fun. It's yeah, fun. it's good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's all, all right. Fun. From the basement of the bunker, we're signing off. I'm producer Clark Mad. Max is in the co-host chair, director Jordan, producer Kayla in the back, plus our friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media and Technologies, Vigor Lifestyles, and our friend Jared Dumbo over here. Hoop Life Basketball and RBI Baseball Training. We'll see you next week. You had a sign-off? Squad out. Squad out. Thank you, Zach Nelson. Take see care, you next everyone. Week.